What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. It has been a long football season. I think we've been talking about football for somewhere between 26 and 30 weeks at this point on the podcast. And we really appreciate you guys joining us every week to break it down. Uh, But we have reached the final game of the NFL season, Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Matt is going to be joining me in just a moment to break it all down. We're going to look at the Super Bowl from a narrative perspective. Got a couple big questions about the Super Bowl we're going to answer. And then we'll talk about the actual game, give you picks on who's going to win, who's going to cover the spread, and then what our favorite gambling props are for the Super Bowl this year. Uh, And then we're going to do what we do every year on this podcast. We're going to go over my fake props that I made up. It's a fun game that Matt and I like to play every year where we make up a couple props and pick them and then keep track during the game. So we'll have the results of that next week. We have never gotten a Super Bowl wrong on this podcast. The first one we did was Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. We both had Tampa. Uh, We both had the Rams. We both had Kansas City last year. Um, And we usually do really well in the big events of the year. But I think that this year, for the first time ever, Matt and I are going to disagree on who's going to win the Super Bowl. So there's going to be some debate on that coming up in this podcast as well. Uh, Nice change of pace for those of you that say that we agree too much. So uh, just a reminder before we get started, we set up an email address, fouledoutsports at gmail.com for you guys to reach out to us. Again, really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. and We would love to hear your feedback. What's working for you? What's not? What do you want to hear more of? Uh, And tell us what you thought of the NFL season. Matt and I are going to be back the next couple of weeks, probably doing NFL offseason stuff. We're going to talk about free agency. We're going to talk about all the quarterback movement and a couple other things. Uh, And then maybe do a couple NBA podcasts. We might sneak some NBA talk in there before we get to March Madness, which is another big event that we love to do. So, uh, But for now, one more football breakdown, one more game to end the football season, Super Bowl 58. Let's get Matt and let's go. All right, Matt is here. Matt, are you like emotionally prepared to talk about Super Bowl 58? Are you, like are you recovered from when we watched football a couple weeks ago? People recover from that? It, the idea is supposed to be that we have a bye week and then you come back and you're like, "Okay, like I can I can watch it now. I can get through it." But really the truth is that you don't get over it until you yeah. your team is playing football again next season. I'm okay. I'm ready. I can handle it now. But it's like looking at this game in advance and like preparing for it. I'm like, man, like we should fucking be here. Yeah. I Kyle Shanahan doesn't deserve this. (laughs) My team was awful all year. We weren't even in the playoffs. And after last or after the AFC and NFC championship, I was like, God, I feel like I need a break. I never thought I'd say this, but I was kind of happy there was no football last weekend. I was like, okay, be a break. We'll take time off. I'll come back on Tuesday to record and be ready for the game and be excited for it. Uh, and here I am. I am actually excited for the Super Bowl now. I think it's like the more I break it down, the more I look at it, I think that this is actually going to be a pretty fun game. 
I don't think either of these teams is like the necessarily quote unquote the best team from their conference. Uh so like neither one of them is gonna like really break away from the other. And boy, if you let Patrick Mahomes hang around, he's gonna make it a fucking game. Yeah. That that was kind of the thing, is like I feel like the teams are pretty well matched. You know, like if the Ravens had dominated the Chiefs last week and then come into this game after what they did to the 49ers already in the regular season, I'd just be like, God, I just feel like the Ravens are going to kill these guys. But the uh, Ravens went full Greg Roman last week, making the worst offensive decisions possible. It was the anti-Greg Roman. The anti-Greg. And here we are, Super Bowl 58, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. San Francisco currently favored i've seen it anywhere from one and a half to two and a half uh so it's two and a half on FanDuel. i've seen it one and a half other places but san francisco favored by a little bit less than a field goal a rematch of the super bowl from 2020 where the chiefs won 31 to 20 patrick mahomes first super bowl win i think it's funny that people are saying that they're sick of this matchup and they're like, oh, God, I can't believe we have to watch this matchup again. Like, we got this one time yeah. four Super Bowls ago. <laughs> like, like, it's not Golden State versus Cleveland. I I get that San Francisco has been there, like, has been close. Yeah, they these teams played four years ago. And really what you're saying when you say that is that you're tired of seeing the Chiefs get there. The unfortunate... Only appropriate response to that is get good. Like someone needs to nut up and beat them. I felt this way with the Patriots getting there a lot is like, I feel like the problem here is that if the Chiefs are going to constantly be in the Super Bowl, that you're either going to have like the Chiefs fans and the Taylor Swift fans who root for the Chiefs, and you're going to have all the people who root against them. And all the people who root against them like want a team they can get behind. And I think people don't really feel like they can get behind the 49ers a lot because it is one of the most storied franchises in NFL history. You know, they're for lack of a better term, they're like an NFL blue blood that's been good throughout history. We've seen them in our lifetimes. They've gone to like probably three Super Bowls. Now you have uh, this one, the one they lost to Kansas City, and then they have Mm -hmm. the one they lost to Baltimore with Colin Kaepernick. But even like beyond that, you know, it's all the way back to Steve Young and Joe Montana. The 49ers have been in and around Super Bowls for the almost the entire existence of the franchise. So like if you had the Lions here instead, anybody that's not a Chiefs fan would be behind the Lions. You'd have like this huge wave of people rooting for the Lions. I feel like there's a lot of people that are just lost in this matchup. And they're like, I mean, Like, I'm sick of the Chiefs, but like, eh, San Francisco. Anyway, uh, I do think it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. There's a lot to talk about. uh, So let's get started with the narrative side, the kind of more casual side of the game. I wrote down a couple big narrative questions going into and like coming out of this Super Bowl because this is the biggest game. It's the game that matters the most, and it's the game that's going to shape uh our opinions and most people's opinions of these players and coaches more than any other game on the calendar. 
So the first question I wrote down was legacy wise, who needs this Super Bowl the most? I don't think this is close. It is 100% Kyle Shanahan. Like, historically speaking, you are fucking nobody. There are plenty of coaches that have been in and around championships. And how many of them do we fucking talk about today? None. Yeah, I wrote I wrote down that Kyle Shanahan was the most obvious answer for this question. Yeah, because, you know, he's been touted for years and years as an offensive genius. Mm -hmm. And like, give him his credit is that he's been phenomenal all the way back to his days. It's like an offensive coordinator and a positions coach and all that stuff. He's had all these amazing offenses and they've never gotten the job done. Yep. Like think about, he was the offensive coordinator for that Falcons team that blew the 28 to three lead. One of the best offenses of all time. Couldn't get it done. They had the 49ers team that people were like, Oh, this is one of the best teams we've ever seen. They got all the way to the championship and lost to the Chiefs. Now he has this team that was the best team uh, in the league for large portions of the season. And they've looked super shaky in two playoff games so far. You know, there's a lot of people that could argue that they shouldn't be here. Yeah, but if you lose this one, are you just turning into like always the bridesmaid, never the bride type of coach? Like you're just you're good enough to get a team pretty far in the playoffs but your teams just can't get the job done and you just have that label. That was Andy Reid. Right. That that was him in Philadelphia. Well, he never actually got it done in Philadelphia. Then got lucky and stumbled into a little guy named Patrick Mahomes. And what do you know? Everything was solved. This is your best shot, Kyle. Really, because the reality is, is you're probably not stumbling into your own Patrick Mahomes because he is a one of one. They took their shot at trying to get like their Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. By trading up for a quarterback and they drafted Trey Lance. Yep. Which like coincidentally now looking back on it, it's kind of funny because like it just turns out there was no right answer. Yeah, the right, right. The right answer in that draft was just to not take a quarterback because all of the non quarterbacks are so good. Like literally, like you go back and look at the top 15, like 10 of those guys are all pros and the other five are the quarterbacks that were taken. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, ah. <laughs> yeah, I there's still a few stragglers on the Trevor Lawrence bandwagon, but like outside of the kind of still a little bit of a wait and see approach on him. Like that entire quarterback class was a miss. It was the most overhyped and underdelivered class. I think that we've seen in our lifetimes. Yeah. But it is an interesting thing to look at with the 49ers, like moving forward. So you miss on that pick. You kind of make up for it because you get Brock Purdy. Right? Like, the way that Brock Purdy's turned out so far, he's been able to yeah. lead this team to two NFC championships and a Super Bowl, and he, he's been good. We're going to talk about him in a little bit, but you, you're going to have decisions to make coming up here soon. So they paid Debo already, and they can kind of do these things. Like they have Trent Williams and Ayuk and CMC, and 
they can kind of do all these things because they have a quarterback who's on a seventh round rookie deal. But then eventually you got to make a decision on like, okay, do we pay this guy in a market that is apparently going to bear $40 million a year for Baker Mayfield this off season? Uh, Purdy is probably going to be in that like 40 to $50 million a year range. And when you pay him, it's hard to put the roster around him that you have right now. So I agree with you. I think this is their best chance. But unfortunately, their best chance is running into Patrick Mahomes. Yep. So and they have they have one more year with him on his rookie deal before they have to pay him. You got to start making some decisions. You have to find another route. Can I give you a underrated like I think people are going to say I'm crazy for this, but I, can I give you a under the radar need this for the legacy guy? Sure. Patrick Mahomes. How much better does three and one in Super Bowls sound than two and two? Sure. Like, I'm, he doesn't need it for the legacy, obviously. But yeah. He's the seventh QB ever. So he's the seventh QB ever to make four Super Bowls. He could become just the fifth ever to win three or more. And if he loses, he's. 500 and Super Bowls. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, it's impressive. You keep getting there, but eh, you're two and two. Two and two is not that impressive. You know, it just, to me, it just like three and one sounds so much different than two and two. It it does. I guess from the lens of sports media, which is like really where all of the chatter about the players' legacy really rests, right? It doesn't fucking matter. We know it doesn't fucking matter because we've lived through LeBron James's career. So we know how when you are the prodigal son, like they don't care that you're like one in four in the finals. LeBron James has normalized losing finals yeah. <laughs> and being the GOAT. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, especially when you call yourself the GOAT. So I get it. And it's like, I know if we're going to say who needs it the most, it's obviously Kyle Shanahan. But I just think Patrick Mahomes is like an interesting watch. Like, how different is the conversation about him if he's three and one versus if he's two and two? Like, is it different at all? Or do they just go back and say, well, you got to give him credit for getting this far with this bad of a team? Like, I, yeah. I feel like that's the. That's the conversation. It's like, oh my God, Patrick Mahomes won one with this team with no help on offense and blah, blah, blah. And if he loses, it's like, well, you know, he look at he got all the way to the Super Bowl with no help and blah, 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 even though the defense is really good. Uh, and you have Andy Reid on the side. Yeah, I mean, I I will give it to you. That, like, yes, he he certainly has plenty to gain. He also has nothing to lose. Like he loses this game. No one's going to bat an eye at him because of the roster that he has this year, because like he just won a Super Bowl last year and like getting back here again with this roster, which is like objectively a worse wide receiving core than like 
the already underwhelming one that he had last year. This is not LeBron James losing to JJ Barea. Like, <laughs> see, you just did the thing. You did the thing I said was going to happen where they're like, well, even if he loses, like you got to give him credit for getting here with this roster. Yeah. Because like that, that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, right? that's the same thing they did with LeBron. Also, anytime I can shit on LeBron for losing to JJ Perea, I'm going to do it. Yeah. It's the same thing <laughs> they did with LeBron, not for the one he lost to JJ Perea, but for the Cleveland ones where they lost to Golden State. Yeah. It's like, well, just just look at who's on the team. It's Tristan Thompson and all these guys. It's like, yeah, well, LeBron built that team. This is yeah. his fault. So well, and I, I will not they, give him credit for that getting is there also when when you do that, it's also a statement about the competition that he's going up against to get there. We got to look at the full picture. Yeah, so I I just think it's interesting to see if the perspective on Mahomes shifts based on if they win or lose this game. Um, the second big question I wrote down is actually about Patrick Mahomes. So I was thinking about where he ranks all time going into this game amongst NFL quarterbacks. And I'm wondering, basically what I was just saying is, does your ranking of him in the all-time quarterback pantheon change based on whether he wins or loses this game? Or is he kind of in the same spot for you? He's, I think he's right now pretty cemented as number two. That maybe for you, that's a little bit bold, but it's like, I look at what it took. The the other guys that were like trailing Brady for me were always Manning and Breeze. And I look at what it took for the two of them to ever even get there in the first place. And then how quickly Mahomes has already blown that out of the water. Like, yeah, no, he's he's blown past them. And it's not any discredit to them. It's just like he is that fucking good. Yeah, so it is too bold for me at this point. I have him. I didn't really like pull out the full rankings to say this is exactly where he is. I would have him in my top 10 right now. And I think if he wins this, I have him closer to five than 10. But this is my thing is like, I feel like there's a lot of prisoner of the moment takes with Patrick Mahomes where you can argue that he's the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. And I'm not going to fight you. But if you go back and look at like where he is historically, you know, he's, tied for third most wins all time in the playoffs already with Peyton Manning and Steve Young and Terry Bradshaw. If he wins this game, he's third in playoff wins by himself. There's Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes. And that's great. And I'm a big quarterback wins guy. Like I think wins do matter for quarterbacks, especially when we're splitting hairs between like these guys who are all individual goats or like individual greatest of all time type of guys. But I just look at where he's at, like on the other all-time list. He's 65th in passing yards right now. And he's 39th all-time in passing touchdowns. And I think part of being in that conversation for who's the greatest of all time is the longevity. And 
it's like winning the games, but also racking up the stats over time. So like, if you're saying who's the most talented quarterback you've ever watched, I'm probably saying Patrick Mahomes, but as far as like, who's in your top 10, I don't have him all the way up at like top three, top four yet. But the beautiful thing about it is that we're not done with him. We have a lot more time to come with him and probably more Super Bowls. So I don't Mm -hmm. have to put him. I don't feel like I have to put him up there yet. I can let him progress and like gain more stats and do more stuff over time before I put him up there. Obviously, longevity matters. And that like that's why he's not number one for me, right? Because I think with what we've seen, he probably wins enough and pushes the envelope on potentially being number one. But I look at what he's done and the time frame within with within which he has done it. Like he has routinely broken pretty much all of the passing records to accomplish by, you know, the time that you've been in the league, by whatever age, like blowing through all of that shit. Yeah, like I I know where this is going, barring it, you know, barring injury or something like that. Like I don't need to wait for him to be in the league for 10 to 15 years to say, no, he's the second best guy I've ever seen. That's fair, but I I think like we have the same opinion. We're just coming to like different answers of it. It's like, yeah, we know where this is going, but I'm like, I can wait to get there. I don't have to like (laughs) go right now and just be like, he's better than Peyton Manning and and Joe Montana. You've got a lot more more sentimentality about it because of a certain individual that we both have number one. Like, I'm I'm just, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like, He's he's it like he's better than those two guys. He could go like just barely above 500 the rest of his career, but like he's still going to put up the stats to blow them away. Yeah, I don't think that sentimentality is my problem because that would just be with the number one spot. Like I, I hate the guys that I have right behind Tom Brady. <laughs> I hate Peyton Manning. I don't want Peyton Manning to be number three. Right now, like I would love to put Mahomes above him. It's just like, I feel like we see these things for a limited amount of time, like five, six, seven years. And automatically we're just like, that's it. Like, cause it's new, cause it's newer. And like Barney Stinson said, new is always better. So I know we want to, everybody wants to put him up there. And honestly, like, I won't even fight you too much if you're like, yeah, he's in my top five. Cause like I said, he's the most talented quarterback I've ever watched. In my life, yeah. uh, including yeah. Tom, I it's it's not even just the stats in the Super Bowls. It's it's the context of everything, right? Like we we talked about Andy Reid's history before, right? Never got it done. We saw these Chief teams before with Alex Smith. Never got it done. They. Even when like they looked great during the regular season, they never felt like a threat in the postseason. He was the rising tide that floated all the boats. We don't see guys that are that good very often. 
like we should Peyton, say Peyton Manning was great, but like he couldn't do any of the shit that Mahomes is out there doing. Well, that's the thing about him being the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. It's like he's more yeah. talented than Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Drew Brees yeah. or Joe Montana. For sure. And, yeah. And he have won a Super Bowl like Peyton Manning on this Chiefs team. Sure. Are they like the most dominant franchise we've seen in a very, very long time other than the Patriots? I don't know. I don't think so. Because we saw some great Colts teams. They weren't dominant. Yeah. So the last thing I wanted to say about Mahomes in this segment is like if he does win this, he has three Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Which is super rarefied air. So there's he has two already, and there's 12 guys with two. And there's some weird guys in that conversation, like Eli Manning. <laughs> a uh, weird old guy. There are only four guys in NFL history who have three or more. Uh, and it's Troy Aikman, who has he was three and oh. It's Terry Bradshaw, who is four and oh, which is kind of like another weird. You know, when yeah. you see Terry Bradshaw act like a dumbass on the Fox morning show or whatever, you don't think yeah. like, oh, yeah, that guy's got four Super Bowl rings and never lost one. Uh, Joe Montana, also four and oh, and then Tom Brady, seven and three. So. You get you get into really rare company really quickly. Uh, if you're Patrick Mahomes, and that's why I'm saying, like, if he does win this, then, yeah, I'm probably moving him up a couple slots in my rankings. Because all of a sudden we're talking about there are only four other guys who have ever done this. Yeah. So thinking about this game. Weirdly to me, my biggest fear for the 49ers in this Super Bowl is Brock Purdy throwing the ball against the Chiefs defense. Uh, For the second straight postseason, he's looked shaky throughout the majority of the game. And then just kind of come up with the big plays to win the game when he needed to make them. But so far, he's gone up against Green Bay's defense that was ranked 14th against the pass and Detroit's defense that was ranked 31st against the pass, but admittedly was playing better near the end of the season into the postseason. But now he gets Casey, who's fourth against the pass. They've only allowed one pass of 20 or more yards this entire postseason. Mm -hmm. They've played Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Uh, and to a lesser degree, to a tongue of Iloa, you know, he, I don't know how you feel about Tua, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they've played like three above, you know, two guys who are in my top five and then Tua who's top 15-ish to me. So they've played good quarterbacks and they haven't been allowing very many long passes. Brock Purdy was second in the league in touchdown passes this season and for a time in kind of near the end of the year, he was considered an MVP candidate. And I feel like when I, I I think about those credentials, I feel like I shouldn't be nervous about a guy who was second in the league in touchdown passes and was an MVP candidate at one point, but I am. Yeah. So it got me thinking about where does Brock Purdy rank amongst NFL quarterbacks right now? And if he wins this game, does that change for you? 
do you move him up and down that ladder based on whether he wins or loses? We already talked. I think it was after Dallas lost, right? About like where I have certain quarterbacks. He is like, regardless of the outcome of this game, he's somewhere in that like 14 to 20 range. I didn't see anything two weeks ago that really made me think anything that we saw against Green Bay was fixed. He didn't play a particularly good game. And the plays that he made towards the end of the game was really just the defense not being able to get him down, which admittedly, like, that's a skill. That's an important skill. Not taking that away from him. But then the coverage has to be in coverage for, like, five, six seconds. Well, yeah, every quarterback can make something out of that. Are you going to get away with that against the number four pass defense in the NFL? And Chris Jones bearing down on you. Yeah, so I I ranked my top 10 quarterbacks in the league right now in order. And you guys can at me on Twitter. You can hit us up at Fouled Out Sports on TikTok, and you can talk shit about my top 10 list. But uh, I kind of surprised myself with my list. And I I didn't do like a super deep dive. And maybe like in our off-season podcast, we can dig in more to like where we have people. But my list right now is... Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. I still have Josh Allen at number three. Even after everything that we said and did and all the analysis of him this season. The ceiling is just so high. Well, it's also like, you know, who... Okay, so I named Mahomes and Burrow. Who is better than Josh Allen? Like, who else? You know, I have... I mean, he, he accounted for, like, what, 48 touchdowns this year? Yeah. Like and like, but twenty plus turnovers as well. So, <laughs> double yeah, sided it was, Yeah, it was like just over twenty. I think it was like forty eight yeah. touchdowns and twenty two turnovers. But yeah, which is still over two to one, which isn't like a super great ratio. But I yeah. look when the when a dude's putting up forty eight touchdowns, I think it's getting a little bit overblown because you've got to score points in order to win, anyways. Yeah. Uh. So Lamar number four, and I think that might be the argument is like, oh, you could flip Lamar and Josh Allen. Like I prefer Allen and then I have Lamar. Yeah, I think that's fair. Matt Stafford, number five. Jalen Hurts at six. I think like more people would have Jalen probably lower on their list after this season, but it was about 12 months ago. I watched him take a really good Eagles team to a Super Bowl. And he's another guy who accounted for a lot of touchdowns this season. And I, yeah, I don't want to move him too far down because at least I know he can win playoff games. Uh, Justin Herbert, number seven. I my thing with Herbert, I just want to I want to test drive the car before I buy it. Yeah, with Justin Herbert. I haven't seen him. He's played one playoff game. They blew a massive lead to the Jags. Like, well, I want to see more. You. Who knows how much you're going to get to see with Greg Roman running that offense. Mm. Number eight. I, I want you to, I want you to buckle yourself in for what I'm about to say. Jared Goff. Number eight. 
after yeah how last season ended this season went uh right now before the super bowl he's the leading passer in the playoffs and didn't throw an interception in three playoff yeah. games it's been pretty damn good yeah uh cj stroud number nine and then my 10 spot is where i'm kind of like i'm open for business at 10 right now i made a little list Tua, cousins love trevor lawrence brock purdy Dak Prescott. I, Dak's not going to get that spot, but no, I'm kind of open for business at 10. I, I said probably Kirk Cousins. I, I feel like he's got a strong lead for me. Yeah, those guys. Especially with him getting Kurt this year. This is not the guy that he was out in Washington. When Kirk cooks, there's no stopping it. <laughs> I had Kirk Cousins on my fantasy team this season. And I was like, oh, this is a really good pick. I got him in like the 10th round or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like the number one fantasy quarterback for a little while. I was like, this guy's. Yeah. But my thing is like, also, I think about last year and like they got to the playoffs, they lose to the Giants. Yeah. I don't really know if I trust Kirk Cousins to get it done at a high level. I don't really trust anyone. I'm else on that list of guys to get it done more than him though. So well, that, I mean, no. we we haven't seen yeah. Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson play in a Super right. Bowl, but the only active guys we've seen play in a Super Bowl are Patrick Mahomes, Joe yeah. Burrow, Matt Stafford, and Jalen Hurts. Jared Goff. In a Super Bowl? Oh yeah, Jared Goff did play in a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a very exciting one. But, well, I, I just forget about that because he shit his pants for about four hours on national television. But uh, that was a different Jared Goff. That was not the Jared Goff I have at eight. Yeah, it, it was you a different correct. Jared Goff. And the engine of the offense was inoperable. Right. Todd Gurley couldn't fucking run. Mm-hmm. And the entire offense was di- designed around him. I might be missing someone else, but like. Because of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, there are actually very few active quarterbacks that we've actually seen play in a Super Bowl. Uh, I guess Jimmy Garoppolo would yep. be on that list. Russ, yeah, uh, Russell oh, Wilson. Russell Wilson, yep. I guess Matt Ryan. Uh, Joe Flacco. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So that. <laughs> <laughs> but in the top ten, there's not that many guys yeah. who have played in a Super Bowl, and so what my point was i say all this to say that if brock purdy were to go out and ball out against a really good pasty in kansas city in the biggest game with patrick mahomes on the other side with everyone watching i might give him that one might give him that 10 spot we missed a big one aaron Rodgers. yeah yeah that's fair that's just one super bowl though (laughs) yeah to be fair, I did not research that before the podcast. I was just looking at the top 10 lists and I was like, I've never seen any of these guys playing Super Bowls except for a couple. So I'm sure that there's like a couple like older ones too. Yeah. But the, the Super Bowl was dominated by like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, Ben Roethlisberger, guys like yep. that for such a long time that yeah. 
there's like a whole generation of quarterbacks who we've never seen play in a Super Bowl. It, it's funny because like you ran off all these guys and it's like Tom Brady is like 80% of those Super Bowls and then each of those guys made it once or twice. Tom Brady has played in 10 Super Bowls. This is the 58th Super Bowl. Yeah. Think about like that's a very large percentage of historical Super Bowls that that man played in. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I say all that to say that like if Brock Purdy does go out and have like an awesome game and like win Super Bowl MVP and throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns, I, I would probably give him that 10 spot. I just mm-hmm. don't think that that's how this game is going to play out. All right. That that would actually be kind of fucking hysterical to me, though, because if he does that, they have to give him the bag. And I don't think one Super Bowl is enough to say, like, hey, all these major concerns about <laughs> your uh, capability to play at a high level are suddenly all gone. But that is often what happens. Yep. Like we, we were talking last week with coaches. It's like you win one Super Bowl and it's just like, well, this is your job yeah. forever. Never yeah. get fired. So that's it for the narrative stuff. Let's actually talk about the football game because one thing that gets lost in all of the hype about the Super Bowl with the two weeks leading up is that we are going to play a football game that matters because whoever wins gets to hoist the Lombardi trophy. And that's what makes all the narrative stuff matter in the first place. Exactly. So let's and Taylor Swift. Yes. Do you think if the Chiefs win that Taylor Swift is going to get to hold up the Lombardi trophy? I wouldn't put it past them, but I'm not going to bet on it. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if she does the Lombardi Lombardi is not like the Stanley Cup where the Stanley Cup, you only touch it if you won it. Like even the guy who presents the Stanley Cup to the winning team wears gloves because he's never won one. Yeah, the Lombardi trophy is like, okay, yeah, whatever you you can touch it. It's cool. Let's lead off with the picks because I've already bet on this game and I've already bet on a bunch of props based on how I think the game's going to go. And I'm not going to be able to do like the analysis first without giving my pick away. Uh, So why don't you go first with your pick for who's going to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm 100% taking the Chiefs. So this is going to be interesting because in the this is like the fourth Super Bowl we've done on the podcast. So we did Bucks Chiefs was the first episode of the podcast. Yeah. Then we had Bengals Rams. And then last year was. Yeah. So we've never gotten a Super Bowl wrong. And we've also never disagreed on who's going to win a Super Bowl uh, until now, because I am taking the San Francisco 49ers to win Super Bowl 58. Do you know where your mistake is? I'm picking against Patrick Mahomes. That's the other one. You're believing in Kyle Shanahan. Let me tell you where everybody else's mistake is because <laughs> I feel like I'm on an island picking well, the 49ers. Shanahan. I know. Well, don't let emotion rule you <laughs> on your pick. Never. I'm on an island over here picking the 49ers. I mean, my main thing is that I can't get over how bad Kansas City's run defense is and that nobody they've played in the playoffs so far has been willing to exploit that for a full game, for four full quarters. The Dolphins were never going to do it. The Bills did it and did it successfully 
for like three and a half hours. And then in the last half hour, they're like, ah, fuck it. We're going to yeah. abandon everything that's working. And then the Ravens, one Never of the best, tried. like the best rushing team in the league actively avoided it. Yeah. I, I still, I like, I said this on the podcast last week. I was like, I'm never going to get over this AFC championship. And I still haven't. And I'm like, how do you just, the thing that you do best is the thing the other team does worst. And you're just like, no, no, we're just not going to do it. So like, say what you will about Kyle Shanahan, but with two weeks to prepare, I like the 49ers to not actively avoid every single advantage that they have in this game. Yeah, but I also like two weeks to prepare for Spags too is like, I think that he is capable of coming up with a good enough game plan with two weeks and a relatively healthy group to not get obliterated on the ground. Because that's all they have to do is not get obliterated on the ground. I mean, I think it's going to be a good game for sure. But I think like saying, yeah, well, we're just going to plan to not get obliterated on the ground (laughs) is one thing. But when you're going up against Christian McCaffrey, who's the best running back in the league. Yeah. By a long shot, I think, yeah. too. I think, like, it's not close. No. And you're not going up all. against a running game. So the 49ers are number one in yards per attempt on zone runs. Mm-hmm. Do you know who's 31st in defending the zone run this season? The Kansas City Chiefs. KC, yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs, like I said last week or the week before, are 28th in rush EPA on defense. Do you know who's number one? The Baltimore Ravens, who decided to not run the fucking ball two weeks ago. But you know who's number two in rush EPA, Matt? It's the San Francisco 49ers. So I I like the advantage there. I also think like defensively, San Francisco is uniquely equipped to deal with someone like Travis Kelsey. Uh no nobody's uniquely equipped to deal with Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes is gonna yeah. get his in this game, but the reason I say I'm on an island and the reason that I, I very strongly believe in this pick is the same thing I say every single week is that if this season has taught us one thing, just one single thing, it's that when everybody's backing the same team, that team will lose. And everyone is backing the Chiefs right now. FanDuel says 77% of the money is on the Chiefs. Action Network, which measures the money across all sports books, says over 70% of the money is on the Chiefs. You got the Swifties. You got everybody telling me you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. But I'm here to tell you, I'm betting against Patrick Mahomes. I've already bet on the 49ers minus one and a half when it opened because I was like, this is going to change. It has changed. It's 49ers two and a half now. So I got it early, but... I'm just not on the I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes train because I've already made money multiple times in multiple postseasons betting against Patrick Mahomes. I just think you got to pick your spots, and this is the spot I'm picking. I I do not believe Kyle Shanahan is the spot to pick. I will believe it when I see it. Like, I watched this team trip over their own dicks two weeks in a row. 
And like, okay, they had the buy the first week. Everyone gave, gave them the excuse that, well, it was rusty because they hadn't played. But like, they got outplayed the week, the week after. But they got outplayed and, by a better team and still won. Like the well, Lions, Lions are a better the, the team Lions than the San Francisco gave 49ers. The, the Lions gave that game away. They like did. They, they did not take the game. And and that's the thing is that like you're going up against Patrick Mahomes. You have to take the game. Because because if you don't, Patrick Mahomes will strangle the life out of you and stare into your eyes while he does it. I would say the same thing about the Chiefs and the Ravens, though. The Chiefs did not win that game. The Ravens lost it. And the, the Ravens lost yeah. every, They lost the game. They yeah. lost their minds. They lost all respect that I'll ever have for that organization in that game. I just... The Chiefs are not that but good. They're just they, not that good. They're not. But they have the one thing that matters. Patrick Mahomes. I thought you were going to say Taylor Swift. That's... That would have been so much better. Even for the conspiracy theorist out there, I think it's really hard to justify that the conspiracy theory is real. And that's the reason the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Because like, yeah. there's, there's nothing against the Bills or the Ravens that you can look back at and be like, oh, the NFL really screwed that team. It's like, no, the only people that Those... screwed themselves are them. The Ravens yeah. screwed themselves by not running right. the ball. But like, I think like, the the path of how they got there too further shows why I am not confident in this 49ers team because they are those teams. I don't think that they're going to completely lose their fucking minds though. Like I don't see a world where Cal Shanahan comes out and he's like, all right, Brock, you're throwing 35 passes today. No, it, unless they're like to. way behind. It, it takes three stupid ass calls. Which he will do. But we're not talking about three stupid ass calls with why the Chiefs are here. We're talking about like, yeah, maybe in the Bills game, it's like a couple bad calls. But in the Ravens game, it's like a full concerted effort to yeah. purposely not run the ball. And I don't see that happening here. No, I think that the, like the 49ers talking... are uniquely equipped to do the things that Kansas City is not good against. And right, it's like but... run the ball, it's zone runs, it's runs from different positions with like CMC and Debo and Elijah Mitchell. And then defensively, like Fred Warner is one of the only guys in the league that I would throw on like prime Kelsey and at least feel decent about it. Like I, I like some of the matchups they have here. I don't think that Kansas City does the same things that Detroit does well that no. Detroit was able to exploit against this 49ers team. No, I, I I would agree with that. But, you know, you even said yourself, you expect this to be a close game. A couple of dumb calls in a game could potentially mean an extra possession for Patrick Mahomes, which is a death sentence against him. I said I expect it to be good. Not necessarily close, but yeah. <laughs> Those are the same thing. <laughs> It's true. At least it'll be close for a while. Yeah. So. San Francisco's defense, their weakness there kind of 
it it lets Kansas City off the hook a little bit too. Like their their defensive backs are not good. Like they've they've struggled covering guys like for like almost like three quarters of the year. Yeah, but this is like my point with Kansas City though is like okay, so who's the wide receiver on Kansas City who's going to exploit those guys? Apparently, Rashi Rice. Yeah, like well, Rashi's good, but like I'm not worried about like an Amon Ross St. Brown type yeah. of guy going up against him in this game. The guy I'm worried about is Travis Kelsey, who somehow has torched the Ravens and the Bills. Like, so I'm still worried about that, but I like. San Francisco, very good against the run. And Isaiah Pacheco, like admittedly, it's more of a smash mouth power run game, Mm -hmm. which would worry me if I was a San Francisco fan. But I'm like in the passing game. I think San Francisco is like. The Chiefs are not equipped. They don't have the personnel to exploit what San Francisco doesn't do well. They kind of play in the San Francisco's hands on the other side of the ball. San Francisco has the exact personnel to do what the chiefs like to exploit what the chiefs do not do well. And that is defend the run. And like, I look at this game and I'm like, okay, is this another game where whoever scores first is going to be the winner or like the first quarter is going to matter or the first half is going to matter more than it normally does because there's two San Francisco teams. I keep saying this shit too. I've said like two things all postseason. The Chiefs can't stop the run, but nobody wants to run against them. And then there's two San Francisco teams. There's the one that's dominating on the ground and they're throwing off play action. And it's like, oh, cool. Here's all of our plays. And then there's the one where Brock Purdy has to take five and six step drops and Chris Jones is bearing down on him and he's got to throw some passes against this Kansas City defense. Yeah. I don't like that second one. I like the first one. And if we get the first one, I think San Francisco wins. If we get the second one, I think Kansas City wins. Right. But well, I'm willing to bet on the talent. We've it's not even just this year. We've seen it for years. The problem that we continually see with Kyle Shanahan is when he gets the lead, he doesn't keep his foot on the gas. And if he doesn't keep his foot on the gas, you're going to see the second one. So the way that I see this game playing out is that the 49ers are going to pound the ball with Christian McCaffrey. They're going to do the cool handoffs with Debo. You're going to see some Elijah Mitchell in here. Kansas City's offense is going to be very methodical because even though they have Patrick Mahomes, this is not a big play offense. No. It hasn't been all season. His air yards... Her attempt are the lowest that they've ever been. And it's because of the wide receivers. It's because Travis Kelsey is not prime Travis Kelsey. It's all that stuff. So I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, especially because it is a Super Bowl and guys come out and it's kind of disjointed. It's a little weird. Like I see this game being one of those games where it's like zero zero at the end of the first quarter. And the first quarter feels like it took about five minutes, just like gone. And then we really start playing. So I look at that. I like the 49ers to win. And I I started looking at prop bets as well. So like I've obviously I've already bet on the 49ers minus one and a half. So my favorite prop bet 
in the Super Bowl is Christian McCaffrey to be Super Bowl MVP. And I think talking about all the things we just talked about with this game, it has to be the first version of the 49ers to win this game, mm-hmm. right? So what does that look like? It doesn't look like Brock Purdy throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns and being Super Bowl MVP. That looks like 120 plus total yards out of Christian McCaffrey, maybe yeah. multiple scores from him. I, I think that if you like San Francisco to win this football game, you should be pounding Christian McCaffrey a Super Bowl MVP at plus 450. Uh, I also like the under in this game. It's at 47 and a half currently. Like I just said, I think San Francisco runs the ball a lot in this game. I think Kansas City is very methodical on offense. They try to play mistake-free football, get extra possessions, uh, take some clock down and try to make Brock Purdy beat them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a game where, like like I said, 0-0 at the end of the first quarter, and the first quarter is gone super fast, and you're like, damn, I should have taken that under. So those are like my two big prop bets, but also I think that if you're going to take those, you have to think that San Francisco is going to win this football game. You gave your rendition of how you think this game plays out. And I don't know. I I think if we're sitting at 0-0 at the end of the first quarter, you should be sweating if you're San Francisco. That's not how you want this to go. Because if we look at how things typically have played out, for these teams and games that they play. If you're sitting at 0-0 with Kansas City after the first quarter, like they typically close stronger than they start. Especially in, you know, like literally the most important game of the year, the one that everyone's watching. Like I I think if San Francisco is going to win this game, they need to have a lead at the end of the first quarter. That if they don't, then like you're not putting yourself in position to lean on them with the run game. Like you, you're just you're not going to get that. You're never going to get that leverage. I do think this is potentially a game of like whoever scores first wins. Or like if Kansas City, like same thing they did to Baltimore, where they score first, they get up by a couple scores, Baltimore freaks out, they start throwing the ball all over the place. If you're playing that script, then yes, I think Kansas City wins this football game. If the 49ers are able to get up, you know, you score a touchdown early, like you said, you lean on them with the run game, you're doing the zone runs. We all know Christian McCaffrey is an absolute monster. Yeah. uh, No matter what type of run it is. But that's the that's the version of the game that I see is that San Francisco, like they have a lot of success running the ball. They're grinding the clock. You're keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline a little bit more. So he doesn't have as many chances with that methodical offense. And then you're throwing a little bit off play action. You're giving the ball to Debo. You're doing some fun things. I think that sounds like the most likely scenario to me. And I'm reinforced in my opinion. So like that was my opinion at first. And then I was like going to bet on it. And I saw that all the money's on Kansas City. Everyone's on Kansas City. And I'm like, this only has reinforced how I feel about it because the public has been wrong at every single turn. 
this season. This has been like one of the worst seasons that I have ever seen for the public. And I'm very comfortable being against the public in this uh, situation. In in fairness, there have been weeks where we took that that route. And like the strategy was correct, but we picked the wrong one. Right. But there's only one. There's only week. one game. I can't pick the wrong one. It, it this like it it's not that hard for the public to be right in one game. So they were wrong last week with the Ravens. Yeah. They we were, were wrong. wrong they week. were wrong the week before with the Bills. They just keep being wrong, damn it. So Yeah. And what's the common denominator in those games? That the opposing coach is a goddamn moron. Yeah, no, it's the same here. I know. I'm just not fully <laughs> on the I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes bandwagon. Everybody's telling me that. Okay, fine. Yeah. Prove it so to me. it's I'm... it's two things converging for me. Bet against Kyle Shanahan and don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. It's perfect. Before you all place your bets, I want you all to know I'm 10 and 2 this postseason. Matt is eight and four. And I'm 10 and two on the bets. So just just gonna let the track record speak for itself. We took a week off, so maybe my hot streak died. It's like when a team is like really hot and then they get a bye week and then they come back and it's like, ah, crap. Also, uh Devo keeps running his mouth about Philly. And so I feel like there's gonna be some karma kickback for that. My favorite thing in the world is that they're all the way in the Super Bowl if <laughs> Philly's not here and they're still talking shit about Philly. Yeah. Incredible. It's like it, that's 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 why they're going to lose. Yes. Uh all right, so last couple of things here. I my favorite props are uh Christian McCaffrey to win Super Bowl MVP at plus 450. I also like the under 47 and a half total points. I've bet on both those already, as well as the 49ers minus one and a half. Every year at this time, I invent my own props. You know, the Super Bowl is a big prop betting time. You can bet on anything from the color of the Gatorade that's poured on the coach to how fast Reba McIntyre is going to sing the national anthem to what is Usher's first song going to be at halftime. I don't like those props. I like to make up my own props on this show. So I've made up five props. Matt and I are going to pick them. And I'm going to keep track of it during the Super Bowl, and we're going to see who wins the fake prop game. So I went back and did some research because I was actually like, with all the talk about Taylor Swift, I was very interested to see how much does she actually appear on TV during the NFL games? Yeah, that's been an interesting discourse. So during the AFC Championship, Taylor was shown seven times for a total of 44 seconds in a four hour game. So our first prop for the Super Bowl is how many times do we see Taylor Swift? I gave it an over under of 10 and a half. She was so shown seven times in the AFC championship. I figure the Super Bowl is a bigger event. It's a little bit yeah. longer. I'm talking about like individual times that Taylor has shown. Are you going over under 10 and a half? I'm going to go under because I think it's going to be nine, like literally nine. 
I feel like this line is like right there. Yeah. I'm actually also going to go under. And I think that this is like a good point to throw out there is like, we're probably going to see Taylor less than 10 times in this game. We can all take a breath and just be like, okay, yeah, she's there. It's going to be fun. Here she is. Cool. We're done with it. We're done. We're not going to do this all year next year. Prop number two. Do we see Jason Kelsey without a shirt on? Yes or no? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to sad if I don't. I'm going to say no, just because it's the Super Bowl. I, he's going to be there in the box, but I don't think they're, I think they're going to tell him to be on I, his best behavior. I don't think he fucking cares. <laughs> Prop three. Okay, so just while we're on Jason Kelsey, he might retire. And I just want to bring up that when they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, he said, I would rather win one Super Bowl and have fun than win six Super Bowls and not have fun. And I said, Jason Kelsey, that is why you will never win another Super Bowl. And he he's not going to. So Adam won Jason Kelsey probably like 5,000. <laughs> but I got one. Prop three, which industry is going to have the best commercial? Kind of subjective, but when we come back, is it going to be like alcohol, video games? Like which commercial are we going to come back on next week and be like, that was the best commercial? Yeah. I'm going to guess insurance. Oh, that was my guess. Yeah. They put insurance like puts in effort year round. So when they ramp it up for the Super Bowl, it's actually like fucking legit. I actually had written down insurance as my guess prior to the podcast. <laughs> I was thinking though, because uh, Patrick Mahomes is a spokesman for State Farm. And so like Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes both are. And yeah. I'm going to go off the board here and say that there's going to be a State Farm commercial featuring Taylor Swift. I bet it's gonna have Patrick Mahomes, yeah. it's gonna have Travis Kelsey, and then Taylor. Yeah, that's Swift probably gonna up. happen. Fifty bucks, and that's gonna be the big commercial people talk about. Uh, speaking of commercials, do we finally get a commercial for the new NCAA football video game that's due out this year? Many people thought we would get it during the national championship, and it didn't come. Uh, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm on the same page. I really thought the perfect timing for it would be during the college football national championship. Yeah. Uh, and now it's kind of like, are they going to, are they really going to pay that much to do it during the Super Bowl, even though we're all excited about it? I mean, and E3 is canceled this year. I don't know when you're going to see it because like those, those are like the big three times that you would expect it. The final prop who says the most profoundly stupid thing during the Super Bowl, And it can be uh, an announcer or it can be anybody on Twitter or a sports media personality. What is like the, who is going to have the single stupidest thing to say? I feel like it's going to be Tony Romo. He's kind of been 
wiling out for the last couple of years. I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. I was, yeah. I was debating. I was kind of debating between like Antonio Brown tweeting something, Kanye West tweeting something, because like Taylor Swift is there. Uh, I was going to kind of go off the board and say Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about like random celebrities. Uh, if you it's want, such a wild shot. You can change your pick if you want, but I'm just saying like someone is going to say something absolutely ridiculously stupid during this game. Yeah. Mm. I want it to be Al Michaels. Because he's like, you took the playoffs away from me. Watch this. Shot across the bow. Right. Yeah. Uh, Debo. Yeah, we'll, we'll take our shot there. I like that. All right, so you're taking Debo, and I'll give you like after the Super Bowl media availability as well. Yeah, for Debo because he's obviously not going to say much during the game. Uh, so you get a hot mic. I was I was going to say, or like the next day, it's going to be like they lost, and Debo like said something to Legarius Sneed or something like that on the sideline. So you have Debo. I have Antonio Brown, uh, which I feel like is probably like. If we had actual odds on it, Antonio Brown's probably like minus 300 and then everybody else is plus money. So I feel like I'm kind of yeah. taking candy from a baby here, but we'll see. Maybe he'll maybe he'll shut his mouth. Uh, all right. Yeah. Scolds and bolds from the bye week before the Super Bowl. I do want to say too, like the thing about the bye week before the Super Bowl is I feel like it does two things. One, it makes the Super Bowl feel more epic that we like didn't have football for a week. I kind of like the space to breathe, and then you have the Super Bowl. Yeah. Two, I feel like people lose their minds during the Super Bowl bye week and just do the stupidest shit. I I had trouble coming up with a bold for this week. I had multiple schools yeah. where I was like, oh, God, who do I pick? Because there's just so much stupid stuff that went on this past week. Um, yeah, it's absolutely insane. You want to go first or second? I'm s- still going to like go Mahomes, not because of anything that happened, but it's like you're going to back to back Super Bowls with the two weakest rosters you've ever had. Like that is fucking wild and and everyone said like oh just wait until the contract kicks in right then then it'll die down but he's just dragged them to the super bowl anyways like it doesn't matter he might be the exception that proves the rule yeah with the quarterback contract thing uh, my bold, I went way off the board. It's not even football related. My bold is Rockets point guard Fred Van Vliet this week. Uh, and this is a sign of things to come because this segment has been very successful this season. So we're just going to keep doing bolds and scolds on the podcast uh, while we go into like NBA and March Madness and other stuff. But yeah, uh, so Fred Van Vliet has 46 blocks. This season, which is the most 
from a player six feet and under in over 50 seasons. And we've only played 47 games. Yeah. I don't understand how he's doing it, but he's averaging one block per game. And it's like never been done by someone who's under six feet. It's kind of incredible. Uh, Who is your scold? Washington football team. I'm not calling them that other name. Stupid. The Washington could be fighting Georges. Yeah. Is that why they're scold? Because they're still not the fighting Georges? Yes, precisely. They still haven't paid me the princely sum of $10 million for my idea. Uh, But like on top of that, uh, they've been trying to do a full smear job on Ben Johnson because he told them no while they were like still were going to interview him a second time. And they were supposedly flying out to also interview Aaron Glenn. Right. So like they were already on their way to, to interview someone else, but then they got pissed off when he said no. And they didn't want to do the interviews anymore. Hmm. Uh, on top of that, their reaction to that was to hire Dan Quinn. So they're sitting here throwing a hissy fit over not getting the guy they want. Then they just choose to hire Dan Quinn. When Mike Rabel's still out there. Uh, no one hired Slowick. Like, they're were a number of better options than what they took. Because you know what you're getting in Dan Quinn. You know how anti-coach recycling I am as well. Yeah. Did you see the story? There was an anonymous general manager who said that uh, Vrabel is very big and intimidating. Yep. And that that plays a factor in hiring him for a lot of people. Yeah, I, mean, I you would think for like guys who are in football with a lot of really big people, that wouldn't be an issue. Nope. No. Nope. You think you think GMs sit there in interviews and they're like, "Could I beat this guy up in a fight? If I can't beat him up in a fight, I don't want to hire him." Apparently, that's what they do in Washington. Yeah, I would it's... probably take Vrabel to beat. Uh, what's his name? Adam Pace, the GM. I would probably take Vrabel to beat up any GM. I think that's my that's my number one draft pick. If you're like, you have to pick a coach to fight all of the GMs in the NFL in a gauntlet type style match. Who are you picking? I'd be like Mike Vrabel. Yeah. First pick. Well, oh, I take that. Dan, Dan's up Dan. There. Ca- yeah, Dan Campbell. Yeah. It's between Dan Campbell yeah. and Mike Vrabel. Well, and it's like. Then you look at our GM, like, Fred Holmes is a big fucking dude. He was a defensive tackle. So, like, I, I don't know that I would necessarily, like, take him over those two in a fight, but he's not going down without winning a few blows. I like where this podcast is going. We should, <laughs> <laughs> this is the type of content we should do more often. Uh, my scold for the bye week before the NFL or for the bye week before the Super Bowl, is the NFL grounds crew or whoever is in charge of the 49ers practice field. 
I had something else in here, and then I was reading this story today about how the 49ers are technically the away team for the Super Bowl. So they are practicing at UNLV's football field in Las Vegas. Uh, the NFL, so UNLV's football field is turf. So the yeah. NFL went and put sod down and kind of like made over the field to make it an acceptable practice field. This is the first time in Super Bowl history that the practice field was not pre-approved in December. They waited until now to do this. The typical NFL football field has a hardness score of 78 on average on a scale to 100. No football field has been worse than 70. Worse than 70 is considered an unacceptable playing condition and the game will not be played. The field they made for the 49ers is in the 50s. So the 49ers have been upset about this all week. Uh, Meanwhile, the Kansas City Chiefs are practicing inside of the Las Vegas Raiders state-of-the-art brand-new practice facility because they're the home team. I know the NFL wants them to win. I just wish they wouldn't make it so obvious. You still feeling good? About where you're sitting? Yes. I do. Because it's not only the NFL. I don't care who the NFL wants to win. I care who the public wants to win. Because the public, except for the ones who listen to this podcast, are stupid. And they don't know what they're doing. And I'm happy to bet against them. And if I'm wrong, we're going to come back on the podcast next week and be like, I'm stupid and I don't know what I'm doing. But (laughs) like I said, 10-2 and this postseason. I like my odds. But that is it for us. We'll see. As always, Fouled Out can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You hit Matt up on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. You can email us, fouledoutsports at gmail.com. And you can find our videos on TikTok, Fouled Out Sports Podcast. It is a long name, but you can't miss it. Matt, last game of the football season. It's like, yep. look forward to it. But then after this, it's all gone. Uh, we will be back next week to break down what happened in the Super Bowl uh, and talk about the narratives coming out of it and then start looking at offseason stuff. Uh, there's going to be about a month until March Madness. So we're going to have a couple of NFL offseason pods coming. And then I think we need to do one podcast with Clint before we get to yep. March Madness uh, of the NBA hot takes that I've accumulated 48 games into the season. I have a list going on my phone and like the first one is just like chef's kiss, like the perfect thing to say on a podcast to you and Clint. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, I thought of it and I wrote it down and I was like, I was going to text it to you. And I was like, no, this particular sentence has to be said on a podcast with Matt and Clint. So yeah, no, we'll un- I will unveil I'm that in very a much weeks. excited for this. It's fucking phenomenal. I literally since you since you pitched the idea to me. I'm like, honestly, can like football just kind of fucking be over? Yeah. Like after the lions <laughs> lost, it was like, okay, time for the podcast. But I, right now I have four takes. I think what we're going to do is do three of them on the podcast with Clint. The fourth one is like half baked and Matt's uh, requirement for the NBA hot take podcast was like, you can't just like sit there and like 
come up with things. These have to be organic, like yeah. real hot takes. And the the first one is like the best hot take I've ever had for this show. And I think you guys are going to love it. And the other two are solid ones too. So we'll have that yeah. pod coming up. We're going to have NFL offseason stuff. We're going to get into March Madness leading up to the NFL draft, uh, which we'll do a whole month of NFL draft stuff in April. Is it April? Yeah, it's in April. Oh, Lord. So there's a lot, a lot of good stuff coming even after the NFL season is here. Our, after the NFL season's gone, and Matt and I will be here to break it all down for you. Woo. Got it all. So, all right, everybody, enjoy the Super Bowl. We will see you for the recap yep. next week. Bye, guys. Fuck you, Kyle. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, Mom. Bye, Robin. <laughs>